0: Um, A few couple of weeks ago I spoke on mission mode and um, after I'd finished speaking I just felt there was a little bit more to say about what mission mode is and what it means to us as a church and a vision as a church and um, I want to look at the story of Noah who was a man on a mission himself Um, and if you could turn to Genesis chapter 6. Now, the story of Moses is from Genesis 6 to 8. It's quite a long story, so I'm not going to read the whole story. But it did happen. It did happen. And that's important to remember. I believe every word of every word in the word of God is real, and it did happen. So the story of Noah, let's start at um, chapter 6, verse 9, and I'm going to... Just take out the relevant verses, so you have to keep keep your fingers hot. And I'm reading from the Holman translation. So chapter 6, verse 9 starts, This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, the only blameless person living on earth at the time. And he walked in close fellowship with God. Noah was the father of three sons, Shem, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And then verse 14 says, God said to him, build a large boat from cypress wood and waterproof it with tar inside and out and then construct decks and stalls throughout its interior. Make the boat 450 feet long, 70 feet wide and 45 feet high. Leave an 18-inch opening above the roof all the way around the boat. Put Put the door on the side and build three decks inside the boat, lower, middle and upper. Look, I am about to cover the earth with a flood that will destroy every living thing that breathes. Everything on earth will die, but I will confirm my covenant with you. So enter the boat, you and your wife and your three sons and their wives, bringing a pair of every kind of animal, a male and a female, into the boat with you to keep them alive during the flood. Pairs of every kind of bird and every kind of animal and every kind of small animal that scurries along the ground will come to you and will be kept alive and be sure to take on board enough food for you and your family and all the animals so Noah did exactly as the Lord had commanded him and then chapter 7 down to verse 6 Noah was 600 years old when the flood covered the earth and he went on board the boat to escape the flood he and his wife and their sons and their wives and then down to verse 11 when Noah was 600 years old, on the 17th day of the month, all the underground waters erupted from the earth, and the rain fell in mighty torrents from the sky, and the rain continued to fall for 40 days and 40 nights. And down to verse 16. A male and female of each kind entered just as God had commanded Noah, and then the, door, the Lord closed the door behind them for 40 days the flood waters grew deeper, covering the ground and lifting the boat high above the earth. And as the waters rose higher and higher above the ground, the boat floated safely on the surface. Finally, the water covered even the highest peaks of even the highest mountains on the earth, rising more than 22 feet above the highest peaks. And 20, verse 23. God wiped out every living thing on the earth. People, livestock, small animals that scurried on the ground and the birds of the sky. They were all destroyed. Only the people survived were Noah and those who were with him in the boat. And the floodwaters covered the earth for 150 days. And then in chapter 8, verse 5, two and a half months later, as the waters continued to go down, other mountain peaks became visible. And then in verse 13, Noah was 601 years old on the first day of the new year, ten and a half months after the flood began. The flood waters had almost dried up. Noah lifted back the covering of the boat and saw the surface of the ground was drying. Two months later went by and at last the earth was dry. And then in verse 18 it says, So Noah and his wife and their sons left the boat and all the large and small animals came out of the boat pair by pair. And then in chapter 9, starting at the first verse, it says, then, Noah, then God blessed Noah and his sons and told them, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. And then we drop down to verse 12. And then God said, I am giving you a sign of my covenant with you and with all the creatures of all generations to come. I have placed my rainbow in the clouds, and this is a sign of my covenant with you and all the earth. I will send clouds over the earth, and the rainbow will appear in the clouds. And I'll remember my covenant with you and with all the living creatures. That's an amazing story. <clears throat> if In the New Living Translation, <clears throat> that start of that story is titled, A World Gone Wrong. And it has. The world has gone wrong. I was watching the news yesterday and there's war and famine and death and destruction and poverty and hurt and pain. And Jesus said in uh, John 10.10, He said, The thief comes in order to steal, to kill and destroy. But I have come that you may have life. And the the Amplified says, To the full, till it overflows. And we know who the life giver is, because he has given us, in Market Harbour, a great commission. In Matthew 28.18, it says, Jesus told his disciples and said this, he said, I've given you all authority on, in heaven and on earth, and therefore go and make disciples of all the nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you, and I am with you always. Well, it's a tremendous commission, because God has called us as a body to this area to make disciples. And in Matthew 9, verse 36... Jesus saw the crowds and he had compassion on them because they were confused, helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. And there are so many people in Market Harborough who are confused, helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. And many need to come to the ark. Many need to come to the ark of God. See, the ark is a, is a type of Christ. It shows protection and deliverance from the pending disaster Because without God, it's going to be a disaster. In our own lives, without God, our lives would be a disaster. Because God is calling us to himself. The ark represents the church. Not a building. The ark isn't a building. But it represents the body of Christ and all that it encompasses. It represents safety and security. It was interesting, uh, Julian mentioned this at the prayer meeting, but there was only one door in the ark there was one door and that's the only door that you can be saved from the flood that's the only door that you can be saved from death jesus said in uh, john 9:10, he said i am the door if anyone knocks anyone enters through me he will be saved and just like in the ark everyone who went through the door was saved from the flood another interesting symbolism regarding the ark is that it was covered in pitch inside and out and the hebrew word for pitch is a word called kofa which means an atonement or covering and so when you went into the ark you were covered by the by god's covenant if you like but we often talk about covering by the blood of christ and so there is an ark for people here to come into And God doesn't want anyone to miss the boat. God doesn't want anybody in Market Harbour to miss the boat. And he doesn't want anybody here to miss the boat. Because God has so much more for us in his ark, in his church. We all need to be on board. I often say that to people at work. We have a little chat with them and I say, are you on board? (laughs) But it's more than that. We want to be on board in his presence. We want to be on board with his people. We want to be on board with his power. And so looking at the life of Noah, there was a couple of things that came out. The first thing is we need to stay fit. We need to stay fit. Noah was a righteous man, but he wasn't called by God until he was 600 years old. (laughs) And what I'd like to say to people is, don't discount yourself because of your age. Don't discount yourself because of your sex. Don't discount yourself because of your past. Because you're never too old. You're never the wrong sex. If you have a past, then God has forgotten about it. It says in Psalm 103 that he has removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. And in Jeremiah 31:34 it says, I choose to remember them no more, their sins. You know, some of you need to hear this. You need to forget your past because God has forgotten it. If you've repented and you've asked God to forgive you of your past, then he chooses to remember it no more. You're the only one bringing it up. Remember the woman who was caught in the act of adultery. Jesus went to her and said, where are your accusers? And she said, well, they've all gone, Lord. Lord. And he says, then neither do I accuse you. Go and sin no more. We need to stay fit in him. We need to train ourselves in the word and with prayer and with worship. We need to make every effort to develop our lives in Christ. Because he is always calling us. And retirement is not an option in the kingdom of God. When we talk about retirement, we talk about when we get to 60. Please, when I get to 60 when I get to 60 or when I get to 65. But many people retire from the kingdom of God way before they get to 60. They retire when they get married. They retire when they have children. We can't worship God anymore because I'm married or I can't get involved because I'm married. I can't get involved anymore because I've got a big job. I can't, that I have to work long hours. I can't get involved anymore because I've got lots of children. God says there's no retirement in the kingdom of God. Because God will make a way for us. God doesn't want people who come to church every Sunday like spiritual couch potatoes and say, preach to me, I'm here. I'm here to do my duty, preach to me. That's not what God wants for us. We have responsibility to each other and to the people of this town to press in. Don't look at anybody else and say, well, they're doing better than I am. Don't look at other people and compare yourselves. That's very, very dangerous. Let me read you some scriptures that really encourage me and would help you with this. In Romans 12, verses 6 to 8. In his grace, God has given us different gifts to doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is encouraging others, then be encouraging. If it is giving, then give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take that responsibility seriously. There are some people here who have been given leadership ability and you're not taking it seriously. You're thinking, I can't do that. That means more work. But it's no time to retire. If you have the gift of showing kindness, do it to others gladly because God has given us each a special work to do. In Ephesians 4:16 it says he makes the whole body fit perfectly together as each part does its special work it helps the other parts grow so the whole body will be healthy and growing and full of love each of us has a special work to do to help the other grow speed is not always an advantage when the door shut on the ark the cheetah was next to the snail when the door shut on the ark the cheetah was next to the snail it's not about speed it's a journey another interesting thing was it wasn't raining when Noah built the ark it took 80 years to build the ark consider this he was building an ark on dry land and he was not next to the sea It was a long time to sustain that vision. And he must have had a lot of opposition and negative talk. But God had a plan. Noah couldn't see it, but he could see it. He couldn't see it physically, but he could see it with the eye of faith. And firstly, we need to see a big expression of the life of Christ in this town. Let's just, just everybody close their eyes a moment. And I want you to imagine something. I want you to imagine coming here Sunday and every chair full to the back. There's vibrant worship, contributions of testimonies and healing and deliverance, a team of helps operating and serving the body making everybody feel valued and welcome. A children's ministry that is seeing children saved every week and impacting their parents. Unsaved visitors coming in and going out saved. Folk coming in with burdens released. A place of blessing, healing and deliverance. A place of worship and a haven of health. And I haven't even got to the new building yet. That's what I see. And it would help some of you to do that now and again. Concerning lots of things in your life. Because it certainly helps me. In Proverbs 3.27 in the King James it says, For as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. And it's so important that we have that vision in our hearts. That we see something bigger than just how we are now. I see Market Harbour as the Ark of God, a place of refuge, safety, deliverance and joy. Secondly, God has a plan for your life. Yes, you, not just me and Phil. The life in in the body of Christ is not just keeping on, keeping on with eternal glory on the other side. God wants you to live now. He has a plan for your life and this body now. In Psalm 139, it says, My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body, and all the days for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. In Jeremiah 29, verse 12, which we've, we've read so many times, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They're plans for good and not for disaster. I will give you a future and a hope. In all those days when you pray, I will listen. And my favorite verse in all the Bible is in Ephesians 1, verse 3, which says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly realms. Because we were united with Christ. Even before He made the world, God loved us and He chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in His eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into His own family by bringing us to Himself through Jesus Christ. This is what He wanted to do, it gave Him great pleasure. No one is here by chance. God has ordained for you to be here, not just in this church, but in this world. I hear people say, Well, my parents didn't plan me. I wasn't wanted as a child. No one is an accident, not when I read that. We are in the divine purpose of God. God wants us to be here. And that's got to be our message to everybody else. God has a plan for people's lives in Market Harbor. That is so exciting, that is so exciting. The Ark was built by amateurs. The Titanic was built by experts. <laughs> Somebody once told me that the definition of an expert is an ex is a has-been and a spurt is a drip under pressure. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to be an expert. But we are building something fantastic here. We are building something wonderful. But it's by his strength. It's by his power. It's not by our own strength. You see, an expert has extensive knowledge. That's the actual definition of an expert. Someone who has extensive knowledge on a subject. And going back to being fit, I don't want knowledge of Christ. I want to be like Paul when he said, I want to know him. And remember when I spoke a couple of weeks ago, I said that revelation is different to understanding. You know, we can have revelation about things but we don't always understand them. And the people of Market Harbour, they don't want words, they don't want knowledge, they want life, and they want fullness, and they want healing and deliverance. And our revelation of him should have far more impact on the people in our lives than our knowledge of him. They want to see the life of God in action every day in our lives. They want to see healing and deliverance and compassion and kindness and love. And we can do all those things. But when it comes to building, we're amateurs. (laughs) An amateur is someone who's unqualified. But I found this scripture the other day, and it's in 2 Corinthians 3, 5, and it says, it is not that we think we are qualified to do anything of our own. Our qualifications come from God. Right our qualifications come from God. Do you know, I haven't got any qualifications. I had to fill a form in at work the other day, and somebody said, have you got a degree? And I said, well, I've got a BSc, which is a bronze swimming certificate. (laughs) But I I haven't got any qualifications. (laughs) I am totally unqualified. I've not got an A level, I've not got a degree, and I've barely got an O level, but I don't want to talk about that. But nobody's disqualified because of knowledge. Knowledge is good, but it doesn't disqualify us from the kingdom of God. We don't retire from the kingdom of God because we haven't got a degree, because we haven't been to Bible college, because God can reveal anything to you. And when God reveals something to you, it's a very powerful testimony. The best contributions on a Sunday come from people that have seen something. The worst contributions on a Sunday are people who've got knowledge. But people can come to the front and they can share something and they can fall over their words and they can get it all mixed up. But if they've seen something, it touches you. It it hits your heart. And that's what God wants us to have. He doesn't want us to have knowledge. He wants us to be qualified in him. They travelled in pairs. I'm not going to sing, but it was a song we to sing at school. The animals went in two by two. And Jesus told his disciples to travel in twos. Be accountable to one another. Yeah. Share your struggles and challenges with one another. Encourage one another to faith in good works. Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen says, As iron sharpens an iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Don't be a lone ranger. God doesn't want lone rangers in the body of Christ. He wants you to be at every meeting you can, and on time. It's all right, Phil. (laughs) To worship God with all your heart in the meetings. That we don't have to say, well, come on, let's worship God. Let's shout, let's sing. That we can't hold people back. That the doors are bursting for people to get in. That we come every week ready to contribute. Everybody can contribute something every week because God has given us a special work to do. The boat settled on high ground. And we should build our future on high ground. The house of the Lord is on high ground. In Isaiah 2.2 2, it says, In the last days the mountain of the Lord's house will be the highest of all of them the most important place on earth, it will be raised above the other hills and the people from all over the world, people from all over Market Harbour, will stream there to worship. The boat settled on high ground and we need to be those who live on the high ground. You see, as the flood rose, the boat rose with it. They're in that place of safety, rising above the earth, rising above the problems. It's interesting. I don't know why this is. I've not found this out, but the scripture makes the point that the boat, that the water rose 22 feet above the highest peaks. Anybody's got the answer to that? I'd love to know. And we need to be those who rise above the world in the ark, not that we take the high ground with people and we're you know snooty with them. But we're seen as those who are living high up, above the world, above problems, above situations. That we know that there's a God who can save us. And we can say to others, come up here because it's great. And finally, however severe the storm, when you're with God, there's always a rainbow waiting. Because God is a covenant-keeping God. The Noahic covenant applies to all humanity and all living creatures. In this covenant, God promises that he will never again destroy the earth by flood. And he creates a rainbow as a sign of this, an everlasting covenant between God and every living creature. Well, if God isn't going to destroy, then he's going to build. And God has a plan to build. And we call that establishing the kingdom of God. And God wants to establish the kingdom of God in this town and in your lives. So be encouraged, because God is going to do it through us. Don't miss the boat. God is establishing his ark, his church, in Market Harborough. Stay fit. God has a plan for your life. Get a vision for this body. We are qualified with Christ, not by our own endeavours. And our future is to build on the high ground, because there's a rainbow waiting. Father, we thank you that you have a fantastic plan, not only for our lives, but for those around us. That you have called us to this place to establish your kingdom. And Father, I just pray for everyone here that they would know your calling on their lives. They would know that they are part of something, that they, each and every one of us, has a special work to do, something that will encourage others and build the body. And Lord, when people see your church, when they see your body in action, they will be called to the house of God and they themselves will know the peace and the joy and the deliverance and the saving power of Jesus Christ. Lord, we ask this in your precious name. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. There's so much going on at Living Rock Church and we'd love for you to be involved. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching. Visit www.livingrock.church or search for us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram.